Thank you so very much. Wow. You know how to just humble an old country boy. I tell you, I appreciate that so much. Uh, we're so honored to be here. Katie and Seth, I can't tell you how proud I am of you guys. Wow. Aren't you proud of your pastors? Wow. Man. Now, I'm a big old ball bag, so just I'll just go ahead and give you that little warning up front, but I uh, wanted to share as we get started here this morning about uh, why, how we've went crazy, why we've went crazy. Uh, we've had some of the questions we've had. I know uh, I was at a minister meeting this last week and I walked in, the very first question someone gave me is, are you crazy? I said, yes, we've went crazy and we're enjoying it. So I just wanted to begin to fill you in on how we went crazy, where it brought us to this point. It seems like the last three or four years of our life, everything has just funneled to this point. Is God just been speaking to us? And Sister Lisa, you know, when we were here in January for your revival, uh, you know, we had just really sold out to this decision. And you came by and the Lord had given you a word for me and you said, the decision you've made, God just wants you to know you made the right one. You were right on. Hit the nail on the head. Thank you so much for letting God use you in that. Appreciate that so very much. But uh, giving you a little background of what has went on here. Uh, ten years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Tanzania for a missions trip. And uh, ever since we, I came back from that trip, I was just so anticipating going back. I love that. There's a African proverb that says the dust of Africa never leaves your feet and I found that to be true and I add to that the people of Africa never leave your heart so it was something that we were looking forward to fast forward a few years and then the church at Paris sent Denise and I for our 25th anniversary as pastors they sent us on a three-week trip to Zambia and the Lord really got a hold of us on this trip it was a three-week trip as I said we went into the the bush there in Africa. Our home was a tent that we popped up on the top of the truck. The kitchen was in the back of the Toyota truck, and we just camped out. You know, we were loving that. I was. I don't know about you, but I was having a blast, and we were camped out there in the bush, and uh, that's just began to get into my heart, and I have been trying to find a way to get back ever since then. And, you know, uh, the Lord allowed us to be involved in some missions to Belize, and we did a lot of church construction there. But still there was this, this thing, this longing to go back to Africa and to be able to do the very same thing. And we had a defining moment. I had a defining moment on that trip to Africa. We had already driven eight hours on the worst road on the planet. Literally, there were potholes big as a truck. We literally watched the truck in front of us go out of sight a lot of times that we were following, and they were just terrible roads going into this place called Shangombo, Africa. And we were there for about five days, and then we had to go to another minister's meeting that was another two hours deeper into the bush, and uh, we drove through knee-deep sand for two hours, and that's a whole other experience. But when we got there, a defining moment for me was when we went out into this clearing, and there was this little church, it was made out of mud. And pastors were walking five and six miles. People were walking five or six miles just to be there in that service. 
and we caught and I remember looking at the little church and they had a wooden door on the front of this mud church and they had written written in pencil assembly of God and there was something that rocked my world about that because my mind just began to think some missionary I don't even know his name traveled into the bush and helped these folks establish this church and it was just like Something was saying to me, I've got to do something. You know, the, the missions trips that I have been on to Belize and in Africa, what I noticed, one of the things that impacted me so much was the fact that there was so much to be done. I know you can look around here, it's overwhelming. The work that needs to be done right here in Belleville, Arkansas, not very far from where we're sitting this morning. But all over the world, the need is so great and there's so much that needs to be done and I began to notice that. But also what stirred my heart is the fact that we are running out of time. Hello? We, this thing is about to wind down. Friend, and it overwhelms me when I begin to look at the need across the world that, that is there for the gospel to be preached and for people to be discipled. And the fact that we are running out of time. And it just came to the point where I, I have to do something about that. I can do something about that by the power of God so we go in this little church. We had a service there that was powerful. I, I, I call it a day of Pentecost in Zambia. The Lord poured out His Spirit. And the Lord just really impacted my heart that day. And I remember coming back. And as soon as we got back to the States, I remember one night I had a dream that I dreamed all night. And in this dream, we were sitting around the campfire there in Zambia. That's one of the things that we did. We would go hut to hut during the day, witnessing the folks and inviting them to church. At night, they would build a bonfire, and different people would share their testimony, and we present the gospel and give folks an opportunity to be saved. So we were having church every night around the bonfire. And in this dream, we were back around the bonfire. And in this dream, we're sitting there, and every person in the circle around the bonfire that was a part of that team they were saying something it was going to each one saying something different times and it would come around to me and I was not able to say anything and a voice would say you're called to do this and then it would go around the circle all night again someone would say something someone would say something and it would come back around to me and a voice would say you're called to do this and that was, that was the dream I had I felt like I dreamed that all night and so I kept that in my mind Lord what are you saying what are your trying to do and it just seemed like this thing began to intensify that God was speaking to us finally Denise and I had to say you know we think God is talking to us about doing this and I remember riding around I don't know if you remember at night we were talking about this and I said you know if I was a young man right now just getting into ministry I, I would not be seeking pastoral ministry I would be going into missions I would be heading to missions and I finally came to the point where I told Denise, I said, you know, we've just got to follow this through. There's something is going on here, and I've got to follow this thing through about Africa. It seemed like every time I would get in the presence of God, I'd hear the Holy Ghost say, I've called you to the nations. And I would hear Africa. It's almost like I could hear His voice whispering, Africa. And then I began to learn that there is a great need, a very great need for experienced pastors in Africa because the church is so young it has exploded to the point that they are needing people to help train and we 
met with some leaders when God had brought us to this point. We met with some leaders two years ago in May up at Branson. We sat with regional directors and leaders from the Africa missions and the Holy Ghost showed up at that meeting as well. It felt like God was just calling us and speaking to us. As a matter of fact, we left that meeting and we came out of the restaurant where we were and Denise was crying. She said, let's go, let's go. And I said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're still in the talking stage here. She said, she said, let's go. And I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart that we were going to have to do what God was calling us to do. So here we are. We have resigned our church of 30 years. We've recently, as Seth said, been appointed to full-time missions to Zambia, Africa. We will be training pastors. We'll be helping plant the church and helping build the national church there. We'll be assisting with Africa Tabernacle Evangelism with church construction. The Africa House vision is to plant the church where it does not exist, nurture the church where it is young, and to partner with the church where it is strong. And this is what we're going to be doing. And we, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, I love the, the getting off of the beaten path sort of thing. I had been to Africa before and been in the cities, and, but that was not my thing. When we, when we went into the bush where you could hear lions roaring at night when you were in the tent and, and seeing that sort of thing, that was up my alley there. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I felt like God was calling me to do. And I, I still hope you're still in part with that there. I'll protect you, I promise. But uh, anyway, we, we had got to that point. And when we had our interview a couple of weeks ago, when we got our appointment, the uh, area director, he said, Kenny, I need someone to go into the bush where the people live. I need someone to live with them and eat what they eat and build relationships with them. And I said, man, you couldn't have written down and presented to me what God has already laid on my heart. So we just saw how God was bringing all this together. And so here we go. We're excited. We are, we're, we're crazy, but we're enjoying being crazy. We're so excited about what God's going to do. We covet your prayers. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for allowing us to just hang out with you guys as we're in this transition. And thank you so much for loving our kids, man. That means so much to us. But we do desire your prayers. I know uh, uh, back when I was there in November, on the same day I was chased by a male lion, a male elephant, sorry, and a female hippo all in the same day. And I've lived to tell it. So be, remember me in prayer because I'm, I'm going to get off the beaten path. And sometimes you get chased by stuff when you get off the beaten path. So keep me in mind when you do that. And I want to have Denise come and share before we get into the Word. I didn't know that he was going to talk about being crazy, but my, I made some notes yesterday morning, and I, my title is, We Are Crazy and We Know It. <laughs> um, and we, are, we were headed to retirement. We, were, we had bought a home that we loved. It had land that we could hunt and fish on, and we could just have our family gather. And we had pastored somewhere for a long time, and we knew that we could stay there until retirement. That was the easy way. But God does not always call us to the easy way. And so I was reminded that when our kids were growing up, we always prayed for them to follow the will of God. And we had to release them when, we st when they stepped out to do what God wanted them to do. I remember taking them to college and dropping them off. And 
and crying on the way out of the parking lot, you know, and knowing that probably they would not come back to live with us and maybe not come back even to our area. We're thankful that Katie has been able to do that, but our other daughter lives in Virginia, and we are half of a nation away from her. Um, And so it makes sense that uh, we had to do, to be willing to do just what we prayed for them to do, that we that they would follow the will of God no matter what it took and that we would follow the will of God. I think our kids now have had to do the same thing with us. And as Katie was singing that song, your goodness is running after me with my life laid down. I surrender now. And we've surrendered to that. If you've been in church very long at all, in Pentecost, you probably heard a song by Lanny Wolf that says, whatever it takes. And some of the words say, take my houses and lands, change my dreams and my plans, because I'm placing my whole life in your hands. And if you call me someday to a land far away, I'll go and your will obey. I can't tell you the number of times in my life that I've sang that song. Never really thinking about moving to a land far away. But that's my heart this morning. Whatever it takes to draw close to you, God, that's what I'll be willing to do. And when you do that, don't be surprised at the request that he makes of you. But I'm going to tell you, there's such a freedom in being in the very center of his will. There's such a freedom in knowing that I'm not struggling with doing what God calls, whether it's to go to another country or whether it's to go across the street and talk to somebody across the street that maybe is not open to the gospel. Maybe it's just making that relationship with them. Mission starts next door and goes all the way around the world. We are so excited, so very excited about this new journey. I can't even read my notes. (laughs) And we push retirement back a little while, and we say, let's go, God. And I pray that we encourage somebody else to get out of the easy way and to, to go on a great adventure with God. I will say, before I turn the mic back, it is so weird to hear Seth Drury say, Brother Kenny and Sister Denise, we are Mumsy and Papa, and so just that's it. No more Brother Kenny and Sister Denise. <laughs> we love you, and we thank you for accepting us and for accepting our kids and hearing our heart this morning. Thank you so much, dear. I want to take a moment and get into the Word, if you don't mind, just for a moment. One of my things, I've never been long-winded, so everybody just go, Phew. That's not my thing, so. Kyle and Joanne, so good to have you. And Adriana, thank you so much for being here. Where did you guys drive from this morning? Bella Vista. These are some friends of ours from years ago. We don't want to talk about how long ago that was, but thank you all so much. It means a lot for you all to be here today. They know more about Denise than they do me, so you can ask them a lot of questions about her. It'll be fine. But look with me, if you would, just for a moment in Matthew chapter 28, a very relevant scripture to what we're talking about today 
in Matthew 28. Keep in mind, Jesus has just risen from the grave. They've seen Him alive. They've watched Him. And He begins to talk to them. And you know, it's important because Jesus was uh, about to go back to heaven and He had some very strong words to give them here in Matthew 28. We're going to pick up at verse 16. Matthew 28 and verse 16 in the New King James I'll be reading. And it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And then the familiar scripture we know, Jesus said in verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all these things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your call upon our lives, the call of God that you've placed On all of us, Father God, thank you for the great commission that gives us the mandate, oh God, to go across the street and to go across the sea. Mighty God, I ask you for your anointing this morning, for without it, I'll sit down and be quiet. I ask you for that anointing to be upon the hearts of those listening today, God, and would you speak to us all, oh God, remind us. Stir us, O God, and anoint us fresh and new today. Meet needs as we bow our hearts before you in Jesus' name. And everyone would say with me, Amen. I want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning about the commission, the cause, and the call. The commission, the cause, and the call. First of all, the commission that we read about in this text. I believe I'm talking to people this morning who will agree with me that This is not the great suggestion, but it is the great commission. Amen. I've been preaching to our folks in Paris for the last couple of years that the great commission is for everyone. No one can say, well, this is not for me. This does not relate to me. It's not something that applies to me. No, the great commission is for you and I if we are believers. Amen. If you're a child of God, He's told us to go. Whether you're seven or whether you're 97, no one can say, I'm too old, I'm too young. No one can say, well, I got this going on, and I got that going on, and I can't, that can't be something that applies to me. No, Jesus told us as His people to go. Yes, He did. Amen. You see, well, somebody said, well, I'm too old. Listen, Moses was 80 when he was leading the children of Israel in the wilderness. Hello? Abraham was 75 when he heard the Lord say, I need you to pack up everything and follow after me, Abraham. Look for that city whose builder and maker is God. Caleb was 80 when he stepped into the promised land and said, I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago. Give me that mountain, Lord, that you've laid out there before me. A child gave five loaves and two fishes and saw the miracle of the multitude. So the commission applies to everybody. Amen. I am a firm believer that if there is a need, then God is dealing with someone to meet that need. Amen. Think about that just for a moment. If there's a need in the community, if there's a need in the world, if there's a need in the church, God's speaking to someone about meeting that need. And friend, the need is great. Amen. The need is great right here in Belleville and Yale County. The need is great across the sea. It's overwhelming. 
And I just want to challenge anyone that gets an opportunity to go on a missions trip, whether that's somewhere close in stateside or whether that's across the sea, take advantage of that because we're running out of time, as I mentioned just a little bit ago. Some are called to pastor in the United States. Some are called to go across the street. Some are called to teach that class. And some are called to be crazy grandparents and pick up everything and move across the sea. The Great Commission is still in effect. Amen. And the need is great and we all have a part. Yes, we do. I just want to challenge you today, friend. Be reminded that this can't be something that we just listen to and just pass on by. The Great Commission is for every single one of us today. It applies to us today. Well, somebody said, well, I don't feel anything. You don't have to feel something, friend. The Word has said go. That means across the street. That means across the sea. That sometimes means sending someone to go there themselves. So the commission is for all of us. I want to talk to you also for a moment about the cause. The cause that we read about in this Scripture. David said when he saw Goliath cursing God there in 1 Samuel 18, he said, is there not a cause? And you, we know the scene that David came upon that day. Saul's army is standing there fearful as the Philistine giant, the champion, would come out every single day and he would, he would taunt the people of God, the army of God, and he would curse God. And we understand when you study that, that he was not just saying little bad things. He was talking horrible, vulgar things about God. And, and David comes up on this scene and this big old ugly Philistine is out there cursing God, horribly talking bad about God. And, and David said, is there not a cause? Is there not somebody that's going to stand up and fight this Philistine? God will be with us. Even if we die, there's a cause that we need to be going after. Is there not a cause? Can I tell you today, Jesus is saying to you and I, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to listen to the Great Commission? Is there not a cause to drive that van? Is there not a cause to step up and be the one that knocks on that door? The one that goes across the street to visit a neighbor. The cause, my friend, is the lost. Amen. They live across the street. They live in our city. Some of them might even live in our homes. And they're lost. And they are the cause. They are our cause. They are the cause that Jesus is speaking about to us in this text of Scripture. You know, the statistics tell us that the greatest harvest of souls in the next 10 years in the whole world is going to be on the continent of Africa. And we are so excited to get to be a part of that. I, I love the Scripture in Revelation 7 and 9 where it says there's a great multitude of people of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue who are standing around the throne of God. Can I just encourage you, friend? There are going to be people in that number that are going to be from Belleville, Arkansas that got saved at Believer's Fellowship. There are going to be people from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. The good old USA. And we're planning on putting some Africans in that number standing around that throne of God that's going to happen in Revelation 7 and 9 on that glorious day. And you know, today the people that are lost are not just individuals who do not attend church. They're not just people who do not have the same value system as we do. They are our friends, our neighbors, and our family. 
And unless they are born again, unless they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will spend a whole eternity lost without God. Friend, we've got to do something about that. I said we've got to do something about that. Amen. There's a cause, my friend. There's a cause that we met here today. It's just not so we can pat each other on the back and say, oh, you look good today. I like what you got. No, there's a cause today, my friend, because somebody not far from this very building today is lost without God. Somebody not far from here today is ready to give up. Somebody not far from here today might be suicidal thinking that nobody cares about them, but God has placed a light in the middle of their darkness right here and Believer's Fellowship. And there's a cause, my friend, that God is going to help you see more and more and more. Yes, sir, there is a cause today as we look at what God is saying to us. Amen. Charles Spurgeon prayed. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap over hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one person go there unwarned and unprayed for. I love that. God, let that be our heart. Amen. There is a cause. And that cause is people. There's a cause in Africa. And that cause is people who've never heard the name Jesus. That bothers me. That there are people that have never heard the wonderful name of Jesus. I'm so glad that I know Him today, aren't you? I'm so glad that when we sing about the goodness of God running after us, I couldn't help but lift my hands and cry because all my life, even when I was running from God, I saw His goodness chasing after me and loving on me, His favor, His protection. Does anybody else feel like I do this morning about the goodness of Almighty God? Amen, amen. Amen. And there are, there are people that are our cause. And you know some if you listen real close today, you can hear them. You can hear them crying out today. I remember reading a story some time ago about a man who was living in mining country. And in this particular area where he lived, there were open mines. And people had to be careful when you lived in this particular part of the country because there were Big open mines, and if you fell off or stepped off in one of them, you would plunge hundreds of feet to your death. And this one particular man got up early one morning, and he had to walk across one of those fields to get to where he was going to work. So he gets up, and he's walked across this field knowing where all the open mines were for years and years. But this one particular morning, he gets up and walks across that field of open mines, and as he gets about middle ways... He said that a heavy fog came in and just began to settle on that place where all those open mines were. And he, he was trying to pick his way through, but he got lost in the fog, if you know what I'm talking about. And as he's there, he had to stop. He said, I just had to stop right there because I knew if I kept going and stepped the wrong place, I could lose my life. So he stopped and couldn't make a move. And he said, I had to get out of there and I didn't know anything else to do. So he said, I just began to scream lost. And you can picture this. This man it's about daylight. He's standing out in this field of open mines and the fog is coming. And he just begins to cry, lost, lost, lost. And he's sitting there doing that because he can't take another step. And people from the town begin to hear him crying. They begin to hear him yelling. So folks came out and as the fog began to lift, 
they found him and got him out of there to safety and he was able to continue on his way to work. But I thought about that. And you know something today? There are people today, if we can listen real close, they're lost, my friend. Not very far from here. They're lost in the fog of depression. They're lost in the fog of low self-esteem. Some might be lost in the fog of bad relationships. The fog of addiction. So many things that they're lost in today. And if you listen real close, I believe you could hear them saying, I'm lost. I'm lost. They may be trying to tell us by ways of of, of addiction. They be trying so many different ways to let us know, but they're lost just like this man was lost in that fog today. And they are our cause. Amen. The lost are our cause today. Oh, God, help us to see that like we never have before. Amen. Help us to see the cause that we are going after. They're lost. And finally today, I want to talk to you just for a moment about the call. So the commission, the cause, and the call. I remember well some years ago, First Assembly in Monticello on a Sunday night when I knew that God had called me to preach the gospel. I did not hear an audible voice, but it might as well have been that strong because it was just, it was just so clear that God was speaking to me. And this call to missions that we're living in right now, it's with that same intensity and it's with that same conviction as we know that God has been speaking to us, that it's, He's calling us to go. And you know, we've all been called. We see it in this Scripture text that it's for all of us. We don't have to hear another nudge today. We've all been called to go. To go across the street, to go across the sea or across the continent, or just even in our own home, God says, go where I call you to go. And He says, I'll do the rest. You see, that's the beautiful thing about this, amen, is if we step out in obedience, God said, I'm going to do the rest. I'll take care of you. Lo, I'm with you always, He said. So there's a commission to us all. Our cause is the lost. And our call is to go where He leads us to go. And He calls all of us. I read a story some time ago about the great missionary Morris Plotts. If you ever get a chance to read some of his stuff, I encourage you to do so. Powerful missionary to Zambia. And as the story goes, Brother Plotz was to preach one Sunday morning to a tribe of people that had never heard the gospel. They'd never heard the name of Jesus. I'm not exactly sure, but I believe it might have even been an Easter Sunday morning. So he goes on this beautiful sunny day to preach to this tribe that's never heard the name of Jesus. He gets there and so many people gather from the tribe that they have to have an outdoor service. The folks are seated on the ground. He's preaching the gospel. And he says as he began to preach the gospel, he said he noticed the folks were getting nervous. The more he preached, the more restless they became. But he, they were looking behind him, it seemed. And he kept on preaching the gospel. He said finally, they began to become so restless, he had to turn around and look. And he said he turned around just in time to see a male lion leaping out of the bush in mid-flight, coming towards him to attack him. And as he, the story goes, he says he turned and said, in the name, he was going to say in the name of Jesus, but he just got that far and said, in the name. And when he got that far, a bolt of lightning came out of a clear blue sky, hit that old lion in the heart, and he died. The lion died, crumpled up at the missionary's feet, died right there before them. Needless to say, that whole tribe got saved that day. There's a church today, all saved believers, because that day when Morse Plots preached to them. I just want to encourage you today. You see, 
you didn't just come today to hear somebody that's trying to figure out being a missionary. But there are needs that are represented in this place today. And whatever your need might be, God can send a miracle out of a clear blue sky. He can send a miracle out of a stormy sky. He can send a miracle out of a gloomy sky. He can send a miracle out of a sky of hopelessness. Whatever the need might be today. Whatever you have need of, that's what He has for us in this house today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank You, Lord, for Your presence, for Your goodness, and for Your leading, O oh God. Lord, we're Your people. We've gathered here today, Lord, not just to worship You, but Lord, I'm so thankful that You are kind and You're compassionate. And Lord, You're, you're running after us today, Lord. You're running after someone that has a need in this place, God. You're running after someone today who's trying to make some decisions. Lord, you're running after someone who might have stayed up last night worrying about situations and circumstances. Maybe somebody in pain. Maybe somebody that needs to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Lord, you're running after us, oh God. As your heads are bowed here today, I want to ask you first of all, dear friend, if you're here and you just be real in the presence of God and say I feel called to do a work for God if that's you would you lift your hand no matter where it is whether it's here or somewhere else you'd say I feel called to do a work for God God bless you thank you so much anybody else I feel called to do a work for God now let me ask you something else this morning you're here and you'd say, I'm willing to make my life open. You might not have felt a specific call, but you'd say, I want to make my, I want to surrender. I want to open my heart and my mind and my spirit. You'll say, I'm willing. I'm willing to make my life open to whatever God wants me to do. And I'll be open and I'll be honest and say, God, here I am. Can I see your hand? Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you'd want me to say. God, I made myself willing. Thank you so much for being real today. And finally, maybe you're here this morning and you're that one you say, I have a need. You're the one that needs that miracle. Maybe the skies are clear and blue. Maybe the skies are gloomy and cloudy. Maybe your skies are filled with uncertainty or doubt and fear. Maybe your skies are filled with pain. Maybe your skies are filled with fear and dread or condemnation or guilt. No matter what's going on in your world today, friend, God will interrupt that and give you exactly what you need today. That's why we're here today. That He's paid much too high a price for you and I to leave here less than anything that the perfect goodness of God as His goodness is running after us. You're here and you'd just be real if I ask you one more question. You'd say, I have a need today. God knows what it is. Can I see your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment or a new commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you just need a blessing. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need a blessing. I just need to get in the presence of the Lord and let Him love on me. And bless me. Touch me. Renew me and refresh me. Anybody else? I have a need today. God knows exactly what it is. And He'll turn the world upside down to meet that for you today. Yes, He will. 
as Sister Katie begins to lead us in a song. If you lifted your hand for anything today, I want to ask you to come. There's something very powerful in making that step of faith. Something very powerful. That might be the very moment that you see that miracle come that you have need of. That answer, that help that you have need of. Would you stand?